When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from the West Loop of Chicago here in Studio A. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson, uh, host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. Follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader, and I am your squeaky host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox, and we are being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. Uh, and uh, we have a very, very special guest. You guys had Bob Kendrick on on Friday, and it was a great job. So if you did miss that on Friday, go listen to uh, the Negro uh, League's museum president. I'm with Vinny and Herb, Bob Kendrick. Uh, but today we have the first, right? I mean, technically the first ever White Sox, current White Sox, to be on this show. Like to talk a, to you guys. Yes. We had right. we had Dylan Cease last, last offseason. You know, we pre-taped that interview with me, and then we had some from the ballpark, from obviously, during training. the year. But the yeah. first time the three of us have uh, been been going with one. First yeah. live appearance Correct. of a White Sox Correct. player, a current White Sox player, Nikki Lopez. Welcome in, Nikki Lopez. Thank you guys for having me. I feel I feel honored to be the first. We're honored to have you. We're honored to have local product Nikki Lopez on uh, from Naperville. Uh, you can follow Nikki at Nick3Lopez. I guess you haven't made your Sox debut yet, so I don't know if I can call Nikki a White Sox. He's under yet. contract. He's under contract. All right. You are a White Sox. Do you have your I number yet? I said I signed the dotted line. I think we're, uh, I think we're good now. Let's go. Do you have your, did you pick out your number? Yeah, number eight. Number eight. All right, nice. So number eight, Nikki Lopez, starting at second base, hopefully. Uh, we're excited to have you on. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show. Uh, you were very, very prompt here nine minutes before the show even started. Uh, you were telling us about your spring training uh, routine and how it really hasn't changed too much uh, since you know you were in Kansas City's spring training grounds in Surprise. Now you're in Glendale with the Sox uh, telling us how that hasn't changed m- much. Uh, why don't you let the people know what you've been doing uh, so far for spring training, getting ready for uh, pitchers and catchers, and then you guys, position players, a little later on to report? Yeah, so I guess uh, once the offseason started off, I thought I was going to be spending my first offseason, uh, I guess, spring training ever in, in Florida. And then the day before my wedding, I get I get the call that I'm, traded the Chicago White Sox and uh man I was I was so pumped I was so happy to come home and uh and then wasn't really thinking but then I'm like oh wow now I don't even have to move out of Arizona either because the spring training is back in back in AZ and it's a shorter drive from Scottsdale uh where where I live and so now it's in Glendale and this whole offseason I've been you know later part of November right after Thanksgiving I've been going to the complex and working out with with Goldie and, and a couple guys that are, that have been there and um, you know, camps have been rolling through and just kind of taking ground balls and hitting and, and, and working out there. And um, you know, guys are trickling, starting to trickle in now. Uh, me and Vaughn have been working out steady for about a couple weeks now, uh, which has been good. And um, 
I'm excited, man. It's, it's, it's a, it's, there's definitely a buzz around there for sure. Um, a, a lot of new faces, obviously I'm new, but I'm familiar with the White Sox. I'm familiar with the organization and there's a lot of new faces that I don't really recognize, which is, you know, sometimes change can be good. And Nikki, you've, you're a former Royal, of course, and that's, a, of course, a butt of the most of White Sox offseason jokes. But the, the Royals must do something very well because the White Sox are looking for their players and their system to, you know, permeate here with the White Sox. Is there anything that the Royals do in particular since you did get drafted and come up with them that they do that you guys as the White Sox can implement for some success? Yeah, I mean – I know, yeah. I know a lot of people have been saying you know, the, we kind of a lot of the Royals players are coming over here, and a lot of you know front office and and what what have you. But the one thing that I do, and I and I've loved the Royals for this. They they let me live out my dream of being a big leaguer. Um, you know, I'll always be grateful for that. And then also they they treat people very well. They you know they 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 look for good dudes, but also you know ball players who are. are scrappy uh gritty players um you know back in 2015 obviously they had the pieces that came together with you know Hosmer and and Moustakis and guys that they had the homegrown players but um you know you had those guys that mixed in there with you know Alcides Escobar and and uh, uh I, I could say Gordo but Gordo was also a big name guy but he's just gritty ball players who who can get the job done and and play the game hard and um I guess that's an identity that you want to bring over here uh any winning team needs those intangibles needs some guys that can uh rile up a clubhouse um everyone going in one direction not every not everyone doing their own separate thing um and you know you, you need those you need those intangibles in a clubhouse Nikki, uh, you, you mentioned new faces. One of the newest is uh, a guy that you played with uh, on the World Baseball Classic team, right? Uh, Dominic Fletcher. Can you give us a little bit of a scouting report for the guy who could be uh, your new right fielder? Yeah, love, love Dom. Um, he played some right and center in, in, in WBC, a gritty player, um, a guy who gets after, will run through a wall, but also, you know, he's got some pop, a sweet swing, le- uh, lefty, um, can, can run. He's just a, a, a he's a ball player, and then you you want to you want to build a team of, of ball players, and then also you, you you trickle in a couple of those freaks that can uh, do what they do, like Luis Robert, and um, so it's kind of one of those things. You you need these players that that can go and get get a ball uh, deep in the gap, uh, not afraid to to run into a wall for a ball, um, but also does the little things right, and uh, you know he'll fit in the clubhouse very well as well. Your guy, Kevin Pillar, is kind of known for being a freak that just will dive everywhere and run into walls. I mean, what is he going to bring, too? Dude, that dude's a fireball. And something that he brings, other than veteran leadership, a guy who's been there, you know, 10 years, but he's he's the first guy who's going to be out on, you know, off the bench in, in case, if, if both teams come together. And he's going to be the first one right in the middle of it, um, always backing his teammates up, um, always there for knowledge. And then also always there to, you know, like I said, run into a wall, wear, wear a ball off, you know, I mean, off the, off the face, off the arm uh, to get the first base. And so he's, he's, uh, I, I said this in a tweet, he's a, he's a pro's pro. He's, he's as, uh, as good as it gets. So you mentioned Atlanta and, you know, Pilar obviously coming from Atlanta, you obviously coming from Atlanta, your last stop. Um, you mentioned that all of 
the thing that you liked that was a positive about that team uh, was that all of your coaches played. And that's something that we've noticed now as the Sox are kind of going in this transformation from uh, Rick Hahn, and I, even though Kenny played, uh, Rick Hahn and Ken Williams to Chris Getz being you know, a general manager who has played and is leading the charge for the Sox to most of, if not every single person on the staff has pretty much, you know, extensive uh, minor league experience. I mean, Pedro didn't never reach the majors, but uh, still, you know, grounded it out in the minors for at least nine years. So what is the positive of having coaches who have played on the staff? And and what is the benefit of being able to go talk to guys who have been through it? It's it's just that like relatability. It's just that, that, you know, knowing and realizing how hard the game of baseball is. And then, and then, you know, being able to, relate to the player. Um, like you said, I, when I got to the Braves, like all those that you know, the whole staff played and the first thing that I was even told there was this game is hard. This game is going to slap you in the face, go out there and have fun. And like, I was like fun. Like I was like, wow, that's, that's like, should be easy, right. To go out there and have fun. But it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like b- baseball is a, a, a weird way of, of, of breaking you down if you, if you let it. And, um, but if you have a staff like that, that's, that is in your corner kind of going through the fight with you. And then also, you know, can relate to you and be like, Hey, this is what I did back in my day. This is what got me, uh, you know, this would help me out of some ruts, whatever it may be. It's just easy to relate to those guys. And, um, you know, it's one of those things is if Grady Sizemore comes up to me and tells me something, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to listen to him. It's like, man, like you've done it at the highest level. Like, it would, it would be, I would be doing myself a disservice if I, did, if I didn't. And so uh, it's just stuff like that that kind of um, helps over 162 and, and beyond. And Nikki, I always wondered this. As a person that's on YouTube, sometimes we have bad days and we'll get one comment that somebody says, and it'll pretty much ruin my afternoon. You're a Major League Baseball player. There's not one comment every day about there. There's multiple comments about both your team and how you play. How does one keep positive, keep their head on straight while you have all this external things that are messing with you? Yeah, there's there's not that many negative people out there. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's um, it's I mean, it's as cliche as it sounds like it's, it's like, Oh, you signed up for it. But it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, we're, we're human as well. And, and, um, it's what you just gotta have to lean on your support system, whether you have your wife or your, your family. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have two amazing parents and two older brothers that I lean on. I have a a new wife, which is great. Um, just got married. And so I I have them to lean on. And then also it's one of those things It's you got to find something that, you're also passionate about outside of baseball because yes, we are baseball players. We, but we're also, like I said, human beings that we have other things that we're, we, we like, whether it's golf, whether it's for me, it's video games, love video games. Um, so just, just to take my mind off of baseball and as best as you can kind of just silence the outside noise. But we, we realize that we're, we're in a era where media and, and, you know, the outside kind of runs everything in it, which is, which is good because that's, I mean, it's how you get your news. It's how you get everything. And, but it's one of those things as a baseball player, you kind of have to just block it out and, and trust the system, trust the process and, and keep going. Nikki, you said video games. You already piqued my interest. What are you playing? You playing MLB the show? 
I'm a, I'm a Call of Duty guy. I love Call of Duty. Um, Fortnite sometimes, uh, but I do every single time. I do, I do get the new MLB The Show. Every, every year I do, I play it, but Call of Duty is my game. Do you have a favorite baseball game of all time? MVP Baseball 05. Oh, okay. my God. Look at my guy, Nicky. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And those, the, 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 You're just on a good list with Vinny and I know. Sound, soundtrack alone. Like, that's... <laughs> I wish I could have that on my on my phone. Go ahead and go ahead and, and uh, go to Spotify and download some hot hot heat uh, to to get that uh, to get that going. Yeah. Uh, that would- that's one. Of, that's one of the bands that's on there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So um, we. I, I, I love to bring up too. If that if that game was one year late instead of Tessie, it's Don't Stop Believing. So. Oh yeah. Just saying. You know, if, if it's not NCAA baseball 2006 and it's MLB baseball 2006, it's all White Sox themed because they did the Red Sox theme because sure. they won the World Series. Sure. Just saying, you know, Just you get screwed again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue. Sorry. Nikki, you play you play a good defensive second base and uh, all on the infield. And certainly Chris Getz plays such an emphasis on improving the team's defense this winter. This is going to sound like a very obvious question, but I hope you take it seriously. What does what is the importance of having a bunch of guys on the field that play good defense? No, I mean, that's it's that's a broader question, obviously, than you're the way you asked it. Um, but like like you said, it, it's it's super important, not only for to win ball games, obviously. But when you have someone on the mound that knows behind you, has confidence in who's behind you, that, hey, any ball that I throw, whether I miss a spot, the guy's going to bang into the ground or hit a gap, and you, you have someone in right field or center field who can run down a baseball in right center, or you have a guy who's going to lay out up the middle and make a play, it, it allows your pitcher to pitch to his strengths and more freely. Um, you never want... And, I, and I, I'm not a pitcher, obviously, but I would just assume that when a guy toes the slab, like you want him to be as comfortable and as confident as, as he can be. And I just think that a, a defensive uh, – people behind him that can play defense will help ease that and help him just attack the, attack the zone and, and not worry about anything. Um, it's one of those things that when you when – you, there's a mistake out there, and it's, it's human nature, but when there's a mistake out there in the – in the field, you know, everyone's just like, oh, like, sh- shit, that just happened. Or like the pitcher, you know, you know, I wish that we could have made that play. And and kind of you don't want it to trickle. And But when you when you pick a ball, when you deep in the hole and you pick in, you throw that guy out, it just boosts confidence, confidence. And, and baseball is all confidence. And um, I just think that that's a key to winning ball games is, is defense. Yeah, I mean, you sound like Chris Getz because he said that he wants the pitchers to start attacking the zone. And we look at Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech and we see all this unlimited potential, but we also see the bold letters under walks where, you know, it seems like they're getting a little bit cautious of attacking the zone. Um, I mean, what will it be like to pitch against them? Is it is there anything that you can do as a second baseman or middle infielder where you see a guy that's kind of rattled on the mound and do you go up and just like pat him on the butt? Like, how do you get a guy like, you know, back and locked in to be like, Hey, we, as a defense have your back. Yeah. I, I personally believe, and I could be wrong, but what, what I benefited a ton on being with the Braves and I'm going to always talk about the Braves cause they, you know, they're really good to me, but they, good baseball were, team. Uh, they were a unit. Um, and when I got traded over there, you see a lot of teams, 
And it's just the way that baseball is, is that you have, you know, the Latin players in one area and then you have like a position players um, hanging with position players and pitchers kind of doing their own thing. But the one thing from day one that I've noticed was that you had, you know, position players going out to eat with the Latins for lunch. You had everyone was together, like everyone did did things. And I and I truly believe that starts, you know, it's a cultural thing, but I, I think it starts in spring training. When you have confidence in people that are in the in the clubhouse with you, um, it, it allows you to go and, and play a little easier. And if you have a lot of guys who are only there for the, you know, the individual numbers, the, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going this way. I'm going to just care about what I'm doing today and not worry about, you know, the guy next to me or the guy who has my lock, the locker next to me, then that's when there's going to be, that's where there's going to be a disconnect. And that's where, you know, you're not going to see that many W's. You're going to see a lot of a lot of L's because even though this is very much an individual game, like so to speak, you have to have a team. You have to have a team to 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 get to where you want to be. And speaking on that point, Nikki, it looks like the White Sox from when they finished or started their rebuild have a bunch of individual great players but it never really materialized into a great team. As an outsider, what do you see about this team that says, yeah, they're not going to win, or they, how they didn't finish uh, or didn't win in 2023 or in 2022? Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I don't know what the morale was like, only by what people have t- told me, but what the morale was like in the clubhouse, what you know, the ultimate goal and motive was in the clubhouse. If there was guys, you know, pulling – trying to trying to better each other or if there was just guys that were kind of number chasing and and doing their own thing um i mean there was no reason why that roster couldn't have won 100 games i mean just just you know plain and simple but the good thing is though is that we still have if you look the top six you know hitters that's not a bad start of a lineup and you still have guys like Dylan Cease and like Kopech and, and Crochet that are, are studs. And so it's like, you know, you add in a couple of guys that, like I, sp- I spoke on this a little earlier, the intangibles, you, you have to have some, some glue guys. That, I mean, I, I call them glue guys. Some guys that bring everyone together that, that you know, hey, hey we're all going to go get dinner. We're all going to go get, do this. Like you, you got to have some glue guys in the clubhouse to – to, tri- to, to create a culture, create some direction. Let's all go in one direction and not, and not tons of opposite, opposite directions. And, and I don't know, and I'm, I can't speak on the 2023 team, but outsider looking in, maybe they didn't have a lot of guys who were, who were like that. And I could be wrong. <laughs> Nikki, obviously a tough year for Pedro Grafol in his first year as the manager with the White Sox. You have plenty of experience with him from his days in Kansas city. What makes him the right guy to kind of lead this team uh, into kind of the stuff that you're talking about having experienced in Atlanta or uh, to at least that to some degree? Yeah, no. And and I think obviously you don't know what you're kind of getting into until you, until you get there. And, and maybe that was, that could have been some of it, but Pedro always loved Pedro. Pedro has been, you know, great to me. He's, he's loves to win. Um, you know, when he doesn't win, obviously it, it wears on him and you can tell that he, he wants to win so bad. And, um, but he can relate to a lot of guys. He's, he's bilingual. He can, he can speak Spanish so he can relate to the Latin guys and also relate to the American guys. Um, 
it's one of those things that you 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 kind of t- you don't take that for granted but it's it's one of those things that would help a ton if you could speak both languages and and we had a lot of you know we have a lot of latin guys on this team and um a lot of studs on this team that that are latin so he can relate to them and then also relate to the americans and um but he wants to win he wants to bring a he wants to bring a culture a, a clubhouse together he wants to play play fast play you know hard he just wants people to play hard and he, he'll get the most out of you um and i think i think this year you'll get you guys will you you'll see that we'll we'll play a brand of baseball that hopefully will be enjoyable to the fans fingers crossed it can't i can't be worse than last year um any final questions yeah nick you said you like to take the people out and maybe uh, have some camaraderie I know you're in Phoenix now, and there's a lot of Chicago things there. But you, being a local product here, where are you going to take the fellas out in the city of Chicago? What restaurant would you prefer to have the guys at? Ooh. Um, well, so here, the thing is, is that I'm my, – so my dad played 16 in softball uh, in, in Chicago. He's a Hall of Famer in Chicago. Um, so he, he knows a lot of people there. Uh, we have a really nice pizza place. Um that we usually go to uh, pizza Portofino, but he's it's owned by lettuce entertainer restaurants. And my dad is actually really good friends with, with rich Melman. So um, RPM events has always been a, a, a spot for us, whether it's the seafood steak, um, you know, right on the water, you can't get much better view of Chicago in the summertime there. Um, so maybe there uh, love the steaks at Smith and Walensky love the steaks at Bavette's. Um, there's a lot of places that you can go to. It's 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 crazy. I'm, that's one of the things that I've been most most excited about. Not only being home, but also like the food. Just going, just being able to hit anything. So I mean, you say the word home, and I don't want to give you too much crap, but I mean, you know, you right. your nickname on Baseball Reference is Shorts, but someone wants to call you Naperville Nikki. Do you do you yeah. like Naperville Nikki? Is is Naperville a part of Chicago? Are you a Chicago? And what's what's yeah. the deal? I do want to get out in front of this and say that it's not my fault that. The, um, the people <laughs> announcing the game are saying that I'm from Naperville and I want to say sorry to the, cause I know the fans hear that enough, but, um, but I am, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, that's me. I'm from Naperville. I'm a local product. I personally say that I'm from Chicago. And then when someone says like, where about, and then I say Naperville, I know it's not Chicago, but like, I didn't know if you know what, where Naperville is. So I, I cover, I cover my tracks, but Chicago's a dope city, so I'm just like, hey, I'm from Chicago. And you're a Hall of Famer, too, of right. Naperville Central, too. Right. I, I hope that gets some, that's some cred on the, on, the, uh, on the broadcast as well. You're not even 30 in a Hall of Famer. How does that feel? That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, what what else is there to do? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I guess now, uh, what the baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, bring home a division title. Let's go. Cooperstown's in, uh, is next. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, Nikki. We appreciate your promptness. First off, we appreciate your great answers, and uh, everyone's wishing you great luck uh, for the local product. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see you soon, or at least Vinny will see you soon down in Arizona. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Always good talking to you guys. Thanks, Thanks Nikki. Nick at Nick3Lopez on Twitter, and uh, he's very active. And, hey, you know, I mean, he's wishing Bobby Witt Good luck. I get it. You know, former pal, former, you know, Royals farm, uh, what, farm, farm, farm hand. Hand. Yeah. Um, but he's the, you know, he's the villain. 
You know, I mean, you're not not the villain with all that know. money. Luke Skywalker ain't you know wishing stormtroopers good luck. You know, Let's hey man, I love me some Bobby Wood Jr. I'm gonna call him up real quick and say, hey, let me borrow like a point one percent of that, brother. Yeah, right. I'll hold on to it. <laughs> we'll take a break and then we'll get into Chris Getz's busy weekend uh, tomorrow. We'll likely talk about the Bobby Witt extension, what that means for the White Sox, if that means anything to uh, for their future and maybe extending players. But uh, we do obviously want to give a shout out to Nikki. That was great. Uh, you can follow. Nikki on Twitter uh, at Nick three Lopez. Um, but that was great. First white sock to be on live. I'll make that distinction. Live. Not, not pre-tick. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, and first time my voice cracked when a white Sox player was live. So yeah, there you go. Very, you. Say, has, not the first time your voice is like he has a really good personality. I would love to just, you know, have some drinks with that man. I mean, hey, you're sliding into his DMs, booking him for the show. So, I mean, Amen. why don't you slide into his DMs and, you know, hey. take him out to Smith, Smith and Wilensky? No, I'm going to go him. hang out at RPM. I'm going to take him to Joe's uh, Seafood and Crab, uh, Stone Crab. That's my favorite uh, uh, Rich, Mel- Rich Melman uh, place. Okay. That's, not e- that's not even a Chicago thing. I know, but it's a Rich Melman thing. <laughs> that's a Florida place. It's a great place. I don't know if you guys have <laughs> ever been. Man, services par excellence. You know where I've been? Circa Sportsbook, uh, the lovely Circa Sportsbook uh, Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. I know that uh, right now our CHGO guys are up at the D, which is a branch of, uh, you know, the Circa Resort family, uh, the Derek Stevens owned uh, hotels up in Vegas. Uh, but Circa Sportsbook is now in Illinois. It's the world's largest sportsbook. And there's a big football game going on on Sunday, huh? So if you're looking to bet this Sunday, Puppy check Bowl, out, right? Yeah, the Puppy Bowl. Yeah, right. I think they got lines. Uh, <laughs> check out Circa Sportsbook. They got tight money line splits, a low hold model. Model games will strive to be a minus 110 split on Circa Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. And Circa keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments, especially compared to other books, which allow them to hold these splits and offer you the best lines to bet on. And Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. And Circa encourage other bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available so you can compare the lines from each sports book and most of if not all the time you'll see that circa is offering you the best line to gamble on so download the circa sports illinois app at circasports.com slash illinois dash app at circasports.com slash illinois dash app to sign up today also be on the lookout for circa events watch parties and tailgates if you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling call 100 gambler 1-800-426-2537 text gmb to 833-234 visit are you really winning.com Ready? Oh, God. <coughs> yeah. All right. 588 I was doing my best, uh, Tracy Chapman. Uh, with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have copycats, but Empire cannot be beaten on their quality, service, and speed. So, competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. And Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curious product selection. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is just as as important as what they put in and Empire's product team exhaustively combs thousands and thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles for you. And you could check out those styles with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So you could schedule a free in-home estimate today with our friends over at Empire and all listeners can 
receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. You can see them at empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Uh, again, uh, you can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code CHGO. Restrictions do apply. And you can see empiretoday.com uh, slash CHGO for details. All right. So the latest piece up at allchgo.com uh, about the White Sox is written by Vinny Duber about the wild weekend from Chris Getz. We have some video from Chris Getz, and he will explain what he thought about the acquisitions like Dominic Fletcher, uh, Prelander, Brioa, Baroa, Baroa. Whoops, got the first name, didn't get the second name. Uh, and then also the acquisition of the 63rd pick. And don't forget Zach Deloach. And Zach Deloach, yes. not. The guy from uh, not Zach De La Rage Roca. against yeah no, not the Rage Against the Machine guy a guy from Seattle but uh, yes uh, we'll talk about all those but you could read Vinny's thoughts up at allchgo.com uh, so the first trade was Gregory Santos to the Seattle Mariners the Sox get Prelander Baroa there you go outfielder Zach Deloach and then 2024 draft pick the 69th overall pick nice. Uh, Nice. Uh, and then uh, the other trade was Christian Mena to uh, Arizona for outfielder Dominic Fletcher. He is brothers of David Fletcher. Um, if you, you might know him of the Orioles. He's a little guy. He's tiny. David Fletcher? Dominic. Both of them. Both, both, both Fletchers. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. they have the same genes. I yeah. mean, probably. I mean, one of them probably had hand-me-down genes. I don't know which one's older, but, you know, I mean, they have G have genes and J genes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what do we think of these trades? You know, again, you could read Vinny's thoughts at allchgo.com, but you might want to say them. Would you like me to talk some thoughts as well? All right. So the, uh, listen, I think surprising that we saw Gregory Santos get traded, um, at least at first blush, because, hey, this is a guy who was one of the few bright spots on this team last year, had a really, really good year until the last few outings that he made, uh, and really kind of set himself up as the future at closer. I mean, from a team that had an all-star closer in Liam Hendricks, he's gone now. And Gregory Santos looked to be the guy that they were going to turn to, at least initially, right? Under team control through 2028. They weren't paying him much. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's your, here's your guy for the ninth inning, and they trade him. Um, so from that standpoint, it was surprising. But Chris Getz explained it as they wanted to multiply their assets, turn one guy into multiple guys, and that's what they did. Uh, it's a real rebuilding kind of move, which mm-hmm. is what we know that this team is doing, even if they don't want to call it that. Um, They took something that they could get some assets for, and that's what they got. Now, uh, I think that you see right field done, basically. Uh, Dominic Fletcher, I think, is going to be given the best crack at that job for an everyday standpoint. That being said, his numbers, which were very good in a small sample at the major league level last year, he hit over 300, reached base at 350, um, but skewed toward... Uh, right-handed pitchers, so he doesn't hit lefties well. Uh, guess who does? Zach Deloach. Um, but uh, Chris Getz talked about having a right-hander in there, maybe also referencing Kevin Pillar, who we referenced earlier in the show, who was signed to a minor league deal, is a good defender, and obviously has a veteran uh, kind of track record of experience, uh, which might be valuable as well. So we're going to see how right field turns out, but I wouldn't expect anybody else to get added to the mix. I think they went out and they got in Fletcher Another guy who fits that bill of what they've been doing all offseason long, which is grindy guys who can play defense, who are going to run the bases well and, you know, do a lot of the things that Nicky Lopez was just talking about wanting to see this team do more of. 
Lopez is one of those guys. Fletcher's one of those guys. DeYoung is one of those guys. Maldonado is older and doesn't run as fast, but he's one of those guys as well, too. Um, I think that's the kind of focus that Chris Getz and Pedro Grafol have in mind. And this these trades, like the many moves that have come before them this offseason, point to that direction. So you might not see... Chris Getz having constructed a team that looks capable of winning a lot of baseball games, but he has done what he said he was going to do, which is go out and improve the team defensively and bring in guys that play the game that they want to see played. Yeah, and I thought the trades were good, not great, but they were better for the team that he has currently, the 2024 team. A closer on a team that is bad, I think it's a wasted position. You might as well get some value for them, and I think they did. Uh, the Deloach guy, 23 home runs in the PCL, so you could take those numbers with a grain of salt as the PCL is a launching pad, but the man did hit 300 and I think was on base at 36% of the time, so the numbers look good in the PCL. And then you get this Prelander Baroa, which some people like Henry Ford, one of his uh, teammates with the uh, Mariners. Say, Henry Ford? Henry Ford. I think it's yep. Henry Ford. The father of the American auto industry? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he was like... <laughs> You know, facing George Kirby, facing Matt Brash. And he said that Prelander Baroa had the filthiest stuff out of all those guys on a B field. So he's got of that stuff. Like he is a filthy guy with a fastball slider. Now, he is a fast uh, uh, reliever slash starter. I think the White Sox are going to use him more in the reliever uh, aspect because with the two pitches that he does master, he can go right into the White Sox uh uh, wrote, I'm not uh, pitching staff immediately for his starting thing. He would probably have to develop another pitch like a changeup. But I'm in for that. Changing that guy who was good. Gregory Santos was really great. But it speaks to something that Brian Bannister gets to a team and he's like, hmm. Get out of here, Reds. Get out of here off my Red Sox team. And then he goes to the Giants. And then Brian Branson gets to like, get off my team. And then he goes to the White Sox. And Brian Branson's like, get off my team immediately. So if he really liked them, he would have kept them. I don't know what Brian Bannister doesn't see in uh, Gregory Santos, but there's obviously something going on. He's like, yeah, I'm not good for that. It might just be like happenstance, but it's three different teams now that he gets to. He's like, oh, yeah. it's not happenstance. Okay, yeah, I'm just I making mean, sense. No, no, I, I think it's pretty clear. Brian Bannister might not like the pitching profile of Gregory Santos. Maybe, and that's the thing. But <laughs> the other trade. too much of a, 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 le, a ledge. A, a leap. A leap. But Dominic Fletcher, yeah, that guy, and I know it's knee-jerk to say White Sox, Diamondbacks trade for an outfielder, Adam Eaton. But he looks like Adam Eaton. Diminutive, a guy who can go and get in right field, a guy who with a little pop in his bat. He looks to me like Adam Eaton. And if it turns out the first time how Adam Eaton turned out with the White Sox, I'm all in for it. And it's a good thing that the White Sox actually have an outfielder. That's an outfielder signed to a major league deal. So I'm good for Dominic Fletcher. And I don't know necessarily how Christian Mena will do in his future. But he had a bad 2023 and maybe spooked the White Sox a little bit and got some value for the pitcher. He's very young in his career. So I know people are more mad about the Mena trade than the Santos trade. But I don't know if Mena is ready for the major leagues in the years that the White Sox need him to be ready for. Dominic Fletcher's playing Major League Baseball, I believe, this year. Well, and speaking to that, and Chris Getz kind of alluded to it a little bit in saying that while Christian Mena is, is well thought of, absolutely – they were trading from an area of relative strength. The White Sox don't have a lot of areas of strength to speak of. What they do have is volume, at least, in terms of young 
starting pitching candidate prospects, right, yes. at that double-A, triple-A level. They went out at the trade deadline last year and brought a bunch of them in, and now they've got an ample amount of them that White Sox fans can have a little bit of excitement or at least in, excitement about or interest in to go out and get yourself an, what could be your everyday major league right fielder mm-hmm. for one of the guys that you have a number of, we'll put it that way, is perhaps not the worst thing in the world. I like the Adam Eaton comp. Adam Eaton just makes him look like a giant. He's three inches taller. I just, I don't know. Um, let's hear from Chris Getz because he made the trade, and it's more important that you hear from Chris Getz than me. It is me. Um, so he'll explain the right field situation, if they will continue to add, if this is Fletcher's spot to win, if Deloach Deloach uh, will be... Think of in, it like Papa Deloach. Yeah, I'm thinking just Zach De La Roca. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, here's Chris Katz. With the two outfielders that you bring in here, Fletcher and, and Deloach, how do you kind of look at right field now? Do you see Fletcher as your guys' right fielder? What has kind of changed between yesterday and today in terms of the, the situation for right field? Yeah, we do both players that are... Uh, going to get the opportunity to to be in our outfield this year. Um, you know, Fletcher's got major league experience. He's had some success at the major league level. Um, and Deloach hasn't gotten the opportunity quite yet. Um, but I'm sure when he gets it, he'll take advantage of it as well. So, uh, you know, both players that uh, we feel strongly about that can help us, you know, more than anything, creating outfield depth from the left-handed side, we felt like was something um, – that we we uh, wanted to pursue and were able to uh, convert on. So happy to have both of them. To say one or the other is going to be, you know, our, our right fielder or left fielder, I think is premature. I'm just excited to have both of them, you know, in the building, so to speak. Last time we talked to you, I think you were asked if you were looking to add in right field. Are you still looking to add in right field, or do you think that these deals give you enough uh, uh, of a group? feel pretty good about where we're at with that being said if 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 there's an opportunity to to upgrade the roster we're going to do that um obviously with with both of those guys being left-handed um you know perhaps there's an opportunity to to find a a right-handed hitting outfielder to to pair with them or throw into that mix um so we're open-minded there um you know kevin pilar i know word got out that that he was coming in on a minor league deal he's a obviously a veteran right-handed hitting outfielder who can play all three. So we'll take a look at that in spring training with, with all of these, uh, these options and, and move forward with what we feel like is the best uh, for our major league club uh, to begin the year. Hey, Chris, uh, obviously giving up a guy like Christian mania, you want to get something big for him. Uh, Fletcher, clearly someone you think very highly of him. Uh, what is it about Fletcher? Why is he a guy you guys want? And I'm guessing uh, Josh knew something a little more about him than you did because he was obviously following him when he was with uh, the Diamondbacks. Just what is it about Fletcher? With like that's the guy you wanted for Mania? Well, you know, we have been able to accumulate some upper level pitching um, here in the last year or so, whether it be trades, um, players working through the minor leagues, and Christian obviously is one of those players that's part of that the, that pool. And to to um, and sometimes you need to utilize perhaps a a, a I hate to use the word surplus because I don't think we were quite there, but you have to tap into some areas to, to fill um, perhaps a need elsewhere. And that, that was the case um, when it came to, to bringing in Fletcher. Now what stood out for, for Dominic Fletcher 
Um, you know, left-handed hitting outfielder, and he, and he can defend. Um, he's he's got both offensive and defensive potential. Um, and I say potential, he's, he's performed and he's gone out and done that. So um, high makeup kid, high energy, plays the game the right way. Uh, he can base run, he can defend, he makes good decisions on a baseball field. Got a really, really solid reputation. Obviously being able to, to uh, gain greater insight from Josh is helpful being, you know, that Josh is coming from there. Um, but whether it be our scouts or, or front office, um, beyond Josh, they're, they're, the recommendation was strong and it, and it lined up, uh, for us to, to go out there and execute this deal. As you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of at the top, why you were comfortable with, with turning Santos into multiple players, but you know, he, he was a guy that had a lot of club control left performed really well for you guys last year. What was kind of the decision process in, in finally deciding to, to, to let him go in the exchange for some of these other guys? Yeah. I mean, it, Quite honestly, it came down to to to, to multiplying and, and being able to get multiple players um, for one. Um, Gregory Santos, I expect to to I anticipate he's going to go out there and perform well and have a great career. I, I I do now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, to be able to to get someone like Prelander Baroa, who's um, got similar attributes, uh, along with Zach Deloach, who we've been um, you know, after for, for some time. And then uh, obviously the, the opportunity to get a draft pick here and add to our, our, our pool, um, to, to, you know, that'll positively affect, we hope on, on our draft. So, you know, both short-term and long-term we're able to, to kind of check those boxes, or at least that's the hope here. Um, you know, it's, it was a hard decision. I mean, you don't, you know, to, 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 to trade a Gregory Santos is not easy, but you know, there, there's volatility, volatility to with relievers um, and to be able to add Baroa and Deloach and the comp pick. Uh, we felt like this was, this was a sound baseball decision. I think the first trade was a truly sound baseball decision. Gregory Santos, we really didn't think of it, you know, much of the acquisition um, when they first got him in the Rule 5 draft. Um, I think we thought of him a little bit more highly than Shane Drohan uh, that they just got from Boston, but still it seemed like, you know, a shot in the dark. Let's see what Gregory Santos can do. And he turned into a really valuable reliever for you. I don't know if he can do that again. He also ran into some elbow issues in the end of 2023, so it wasn't like the cleanest year. I think it's perfectly fine to move on from Gregory Santos and get three players for that. I know he said two, but I mean, that that pick's going to turn into a player at some point. You hope. Um, I don't know. Something must really weird must have happened for that uh, to fall through. Um, but the Diamondbacks one, really questioning. And I know right now Chris Getz is new at this and this whole front office from Barfield to Bannister, they're new at this, so I'm going to trust them. But... I don't really get the acquisition of Fletcher. I don't get the acquisition of trading a 21-year-old pitcher whose really only downside is, you know, maybe not having the strongest fastball for a 26-year-old who's 5'6 and doesn't really show that really, you know, 
outwardly potential, right? He's so diminutive. It is really easy to overlook him. Um, I'm taller than him. Like, I don't know. I Must I go on? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But this is another example of Chris Getz listening to his lieutenants. We've seen the Brian Bannister effect on this pitching staff specifically. And if there's anybody that knows the Arizona Diamondbacks minor leagues, it's your guy, Josh Barfield, who's on your staff right now as the assistant general manager. He must have went to the table and pounded on and said, this guy will be locked. He cannot crack that Diamondbacks outfield unless somebody gets hurt he has major league talent we should get him on our team it doesn't hurt us to do this yes they Christian may I hear a lot of people like yourself uh hand-wringing over this guy is going to be x y and z in the future you shouldn't have given him away for such a diminutive guy that might not work in the major leagues but hell you have at that current time before the trades were made Kevin Pillar Brett Phillips and who? Gavin Sheets is your right fielder. To get a guy who played a pretty good right field or pretty good outfield last year for the Diamondbacks and performed in his pr- pretty short period of time is not a bad thing for me. I don't know how Maine is going to turn out, but I don't think in five to ten years we'll be like, man, that Christian Maine out here, Cy Young and... And now we got Dominic Fletcher, yeah, who we DFA three years ago. Cy Young's like or never just, said he was going to be a Cy Young, or but top still, of the league or middle of the league. A starting pitcher is extremely valuable, and I don't even know if this guy's going to truly be a major leaguer. He couldn't crack the Diamondbacks roster. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are really good. No, I understand. You called them what was it though? Lowly two years oh, ago. You called them lowly. They right. were. Ask him. I mean, last year they they almost won the World Series. Did we we did ask Jesse. Jesse was pissed at us. Oh, Our literal coworkers serious. were mad at us. Yeah, in twenty in twenty two when the Diamondbacks won like sixty nine games, he was like, "God damn it, they're great." Eventually, they were. I think obviously what has been the case from all of the moves that Chris Getz has made so far this year is that the White Sox are looking to they're looking for value. Uh, and I think, you know, you can see it in the uh, short term and low cost contracts that they've handed out to free agents. You can see it now in some of the trades that they've made. Listen, we were talking about turning Gregory Santos into three people, turning Aaron Bummer into five people. And now here they are going out and trying to do something with an a- with a minor league asset that they have to turn it into a major league right field situation. Um I, I was saying before these trades were made, when you guys were curious what was going to happen in right field, what was going to happen in right field, I said they're probably going to go out and find somebody like they've found at shortstop and second base and catcher. Low cost, low cost, low cost. Look how much they've cut the payroll this offseason. And what is Dominic Fletcher but a low-cost option here, a, a trying to find value somewhere else. This is not a guy who you would have started the offseason saying, all right, that guy, that could be the the boost that this offense needs, the the, the boost that they need in right field. I don't think anybody is going to sit here and tell you that Dominic Fletcher is going to be batting cleanup for this team or anything like that. But they are what? Probably in a better spot today in right field than they were three, four days ago. So uh, that is a very, very low bar to clear. But they cleared it, and I think you can see what they were trying to accomplish. I think you can see what they have accomplished. I'm not saying you have to be thrilled about it. It's still, yeah, it just seems like maybe a little bit too hefty of a price to still feel like the Dollar Tree White Sox, as Melissa brings up. Like, I don't know, Dominic Fletcher doesn't seem like the guy in right field. It seems like he could be a part of a platoon. 
right? Yep. Um, it does feel like they are very heavily influenced by the 2021 Giants, where they were extremely platoon heavy. Um, they always had something, you know, a, a f- if a righty was on the mound, they were going to pull throw a ton of lefties on, you know, in the, into that lineup. If there was a lefty on the mound, they're going to throw a ton of righties into that lineup. Um, I don't think that Chris Getz is likely going to strut from that strategy. I think that the White Sox, especially at least a right fielder, likely going to try to find that right handed bat, whether it be Pilar or someone else, um, for cheap to figure that out. But, you know, Adam Duvall's still out there. Like, there's still a lot of free agents out there. And it's like, instead of spending $8 million on an actual major league player, they go take a shot, and they're taking a shot with trading away a 21-year-old starter with, what, four pitches? Right. So, it's, it's I don't, the the price makes me queasy. I understand, but you are a guy that believes in what Brian Bannister could be doing for this White Sox team. I imagine that he wasn't sold on Christian Mena. If he, if he was sold on him, I don't think he would go in this trade because, yes, Dominic Fletcher isn't any great shakes, but he is a major league outfielder. So they needed that. And to go to Mena or go to Brian Bannister, I'm sure they, they say, hey, man, want to keep this guy? What What's the uh, profile for this guy? And he probably said, you know, I could take it or leave it. Young, good, four fa- four pitches, fastball's a little weak, but getting an outfielder is a little bit more important to the White Sox right now. And it's a White Sox move, but in reverse. Usually they do the old veteran guy that might be recall, you know, reliving some old glory. Now they do the young guy who might hit, but more than likely probably won't. Let's not forget the idea, too, that perhaps they couldn't get themselves a major league outfielder for anything less. Um, this is a team that we've talked about the depth issues throughout the organization. Uh, we talked about the idea that uh, they would maybe be selling low on guys that you think might have been moved, guys like Yoan Moncada or Aloy Jimenez that could have gotten you back multiple things that could have uh, filled multiple needs at once, but maybe you're not getting the value you think you would get for them. Uh, I-, I could see a-, a team like the Diamondbacks saying, no, nah, we don't want anything less than Christian Mena if we're going to give up a major le- a player who would be on your major league roster. Um, you know, maybe they go, maybe there was attempts to move uh, somebody like Aloy or Yoan earlier in the offseason, but you can't. it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense with what they think that those players uh, can be valued, at least, uh, at, at, at least in the future. So I, I, I get what you're saying, Sean, about a guy who had potential and getting back somebody who doesn't excite you very much. Uh, but this might be the best deal that, that could have been made, given the spot that the White Sox are in. Yuck. Um, <laughs> I am glad that they didn't make a deal with the Orioles. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in depth on the Burns, the Corbin Burns acquisition um, by the Baltimore Orioles, seemingly possibly taking them off the Dylan Cease trade. We'll talk about that domino falling. Uh, We'll talk about the Bobby Witt extension uh, as well. Um, But with Santos, the question that I think we didn't include in there was, you know, what happens now to the ninth inning? Doesn't seem like it's that important to the White Sox. We've been trying to look for a direction from Chris Getz, like, are you rebuilding? Are you not rebuilding? Trading away your best high leverage pitcher kind of shows the direction that they're going in, no? Oh, yeah. And and bargain bin shopping for Dominic Fletcher. Among many other things, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like, I mean, he he hasn't said the word 
He's not going to. But he's right. acting <laughs> as if. he Like, I think the word is poison to White Sox, mm-hmm. and he, they think it's poison to White Sox fans. But I think White Sox fans understand what they're going through, even though they don't want to say the word. It's like Beetlejuice or something like that. They don't want to say it three times. But it's obvious they're rebuilding. You don't give away a young, controllable reliever like they did for no reason. They're going through a rebuild. They just don't want to say it. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, we can always say revamp. I like that idea. I think Ken Rosenthal said, like, Chris Getz is trying to raise the floor of the White Sox. I think that's how he phrased it. If they're able to raise the floor, do they have, like, true potential in 2024? Like, we saw the worst of the worst. We saw the, the zero percentile of the White Sox in 2023. They're able to play, like, you know, average defense and the top six is actually scary. Like, is there a team? Like, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to like talk not, themselves into really. that, but it's not really a, a, a real thing that we believe the White Sox are going to be competing for the AL Central in 2024. But I'm sure that they think they are. They need to have that mindset. People like Nicky Lopez need to have that mindset. But we, from the outside, look at that lineup and that roster. Like, yeah, they need to have premium health. And then perform at their greatest levels that they've ever done in their major leagues. It's a lot to ask for one team to do this that hasn't done it in years. And since what? 2005 is the last time they did premium health and also everybody performing at a high level. It was a good year. It was a good year. It was a good year. Uh, And no Frank Thomas on this team. No. and no, There was hardly any Frank Thomas on that team, too. It was. But those 12 <laughs> home runs were great. He got called selfish when he left? He was the most selfish player? Kenny called that was him Kenny, selfish? Yeah. yeah. Kenny was very mad at him. That's very nice. Stay out of White Sox business. Is that what, is that what that's, that's from? That's where it's from. Huh. It's from Frank Thomas. Okay. He's telling the best hitter in White Sox history to stay out of White Sox. Bi- Man, get me mad about Kenny again. How long did he have a job after that comment? <sighs> what is it? 20, 19 years. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, 18 years. I just want to talk about the bullpen real quick because we'll go more into Cease and the effect that the Baltimore Corbin Burns trade has tomorrow. Um, is John Brebby the closer? Do they do they have an official closer, do you think? They definitely don't have one right now. I think they could have one by the time the season starts, but I don't think they have one right now. I think John Brebbia, as we pointed out when that signing was made, um, it could be used in a variety of roles, particularly an opener's role, which he did several times for the Giants. I think probably they would see some versatility there. That being said, he's their best reliever right now, and if you are of the... Uh, idea that your best reliever should be your closer, well, then there you go. But um, I think they would rather someone show a, uh, a tendency to have to, to – sh- I think they would rather have someone show the attributes for that role in spring training. I don't know who that's going to be, but I think they have a month and a half to figure it out. And remember, Pedro and the staff didn't go into net last season with a closer. It was initially Ronaldo Lopez, and then it just formed into – uh, Gregory Sanchez eventually so sure. maybe they're just getting outs they're like who's an out getter we'll put you in the high leverage situations and whoever gets the 25th 26th and 27th outs are not important right now until that person steps up um, Melissa brings up Brian Shaw he hasn't been signed I know it's been a slow moving free agent market I know he's probably waiting for the Blake Sell signing but I'd love to see him back you remember when he signed last year don't you no, right during spring training. Mm. Was it? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Bring it back. Uh, bring back him and a sick back tattoo. Um, a couple more things that I want to bring up. Michael Kopech, is he a starter or a closer? I've seen people. He's a starter. I've seen people put him in the bullpen. What people? 
People on Twitter. Don't worry about Do it. They, they don't work for the White Sox, though. No. No, don't. he's a starter. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I don't think that there's been anything that signals he's going to be a closer unless he has a horrendous, horrendous right. spring training. In and which then, case, you wouldn't want him to be the closer anyway. No. no. You're not going to put a guy who has no confidence into that position that requires all the confidence in the world. So, uh, I, I really do think that Kopech's going to be a part of the starting rotation. And then our guy, Luke, is bringing up, you know, maybe Garrett Crochet is a closer. Is nope. he going to be on the major league team? Nope. So They've like, already said he's working as a starter. They came out and said it. So he's not the closer. He's not. So, he can't be the closer if he's a minor league starter. John Brebbia, <laughs> Jimmy Lambert, Tim Hill, maybe Prelander Barella, or in, yeah, the, in right. the in the uh, maybe in the in the bullpen, yeah, maybe Davy Garcia, Tuki Toussaint's under contract, Shane Drohan, our guy Tanner Banks. Uh, is is Sammy Peralta still a thing? Jesse Schultons? I don't think so. I think he's one of the many he that have gotten DFA'd. DFA'd. Peralta. DF- no, Sammy Peralta is still, still here. a thing. I told you. You did tell me. They've DFA'd so many of those guys, get- those like young bullpen yeah, guys. Yeah, like though. Declan Cronin and Lane Ramsey are no longer White Sox. Edgar Navarro and uh, no, Lane Ramsey's here. I, I don't no, know. No, he just he got known. DFA'd. But did he get cleared? Cleared? No. Okay, so he hasn't cleared yet. Correct. Um, all right. We never brought up Romy getting claimed by the Red Sox either. Yeah, he gone. He gone. Tragic. I mean, going from starting 2023 White Sox opening day right fielder to in the Red Sox organization, not even, you know, 365 days later, that's brutal. Uh, just this time, uh, you know, last year, Rick Hahn was looking you into your eyes and telling you that someone walked into his office and said, you can't trade that guy. And he didn't. And he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> I wonder if that guy's still on the team and walked into Chris Getz's office and said, you can't DFA that guy. But he did. But he did. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for the CHGO. No, we have to do an ad podcast. read. We do. Yeah, yeah, we got the second ad read. Yeah. Go ahead, Herb. All right, you ready? Yep. It's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles, Sean. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and the well-being of all of us who share it. Very declarative by Herb. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do? What they, sh- what, what they should do is they should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, do not wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Indeed I did. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. I'll point thumbs on that one. That's that's on me for forgetting. We were ready. Hey, Andrew, we're back. Ready. You guys were ready. I mean, bravo to you. Uh, you guys are on it. Uh, thank you for being a CHGO White Sox team. Just like Nikki Lopez said, baseball is not an individual sport. Neither is podcasting. It's true. Uh, so that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. If you do want to read his thoughts on the two Two trades that happened this weekend, you can go to allchgo.com and make sure you're giving us a like. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Uh, clap at him for uh, booking Nikki Lopez today. Great job, Herb. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Tina. Sarah. Wasn't you it DM'd wasn't. him? Uh, thank you to Sarah for producing the show. And thank I'm you. Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow at four o'clock. Goodbye. <laughs> 